0: When I think of people running life-changing ministries that impact the souls of countless people around the world, I figure they probably don't have time for anything else. Well, today's guest, Sharbal Reish, is here to talk about fatherhood and ministry in homeschooling. Stay with us. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Miladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, bestselling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Welcome, I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today we're getting a wonderful look into the topic of fatherhood and ministry and homeschooling with the dynamic Charbel Rache. Charbel Rache is married to Christine, and they have been blessed with seven children together. Charbel has a passion for helping people get closer to discovering the fullness of truth, and invites anyone who is willing to help him on this mission of evangelization through Perusia. Charbo has two degrees, Master of Arts and Theological Studies from the University of Notre Dame in Sydney and his undergraduate degree in personal development and physical education from the Australian College of Physical Education in Homebush Bay. He has over 10 years of experience as both a phys ed teacher and religion teacher for primary and secondary schools. Currently, Charbel is working full time with Perusia Media, his greatest passion, which specializes in faith formation resources and events. Over one million people have been evangelized through the work of Perusia Media and well over 300,000 resources have been distributed over that time. Welcome to the program, Charbel. First of all, would you tell us, you've got a really exciting pilgrimage coming up soon. Can we start there as long as we're talking about ministry?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. But uh, we are very excited about the rosary pilgrimage that's coming up. It starts on the feast of Our Lady's birthday, September 8th, and it'll go right through to October 7th. And it's, it's an idea we had a few months ago. Just... During the lockdown, a lot of people are locked down during the pandemic, and we thought, what what a way to sort of journey with Our Lady, going through the life of Christ in Scripture, and and none what's more powerful than the Rosary, and what a beautiful birthday gift we can give Our Lady than than journeying for for four weeks, going through the life of her Son, and getting closer to her as well. So we have so many speakers come on board: Dr. Scott Hahn, Father Mitch Pacwa, uh, Father Larry Richards, Father Donald Calloway. Um, Steve Ray, Tim Staples, Deacon Harold I mean, the lineup is is been huge. Um, I'm so honored. A lot of these speakers have just come on board. They saw the impact this will have, and and they're happy to join in. And so far, we're over 10,000 signups, and and thanks, thanks be to God, that's growing by the hour. And uh, I invite everyone who listens to join. It's completely free, um, and it starts on September 8th. They just have to go to our website perusia.media.com, and they'll see the image of Our Lady um, with the rosary there. Click on that and you can register your name and email and you're, you're in. And uh, starting September 8, you'll receive uh, basically a short uh, meditation each day uh, leading up to the Feast of the Rosary. So we, each speaker has is giving a meditation on a particular mystery of the rosary. Um, and there's some bonus talks and some keynotes as well. So very excited about it.
0: Wow. I'm just all a tingle because the the dates are incredible. It sounds like you're ending on the Feast of Lepanto, right? Is that October? Yes, that's right. We actually have Chris
1: Cech from Catholic Answers doing a live interview on that day, and he's an expert on Lepanto, so very excited about that.
0: Oh my gosh, you have left no stone unturned. This sounds absolutely incredible. I will absolutely be there, and I hope you will all join in, and I hope your whole family will join in. This sounds just phenomenal. Thanks be to God. This is just what we need. We're in times of darkness. We need Mama, don't we?
1: Yes, absolutely. She's she's never left us all this time. We just have to turn to her, and uh, and she can get us through anything. Um, and that's what an opportunity we can pull together as the body of Christ around the world. Doesn't matter where we are in this planet, um, and and unite in prayer for for a common cause
0: i feel like many of the very best fathers shepherds great male sense uh saints sorry and and, um, popes priests that i've known have all been dedicated to our lady so i feel like there's there's something so powerful in loving your mother about being a good father can you tell us a little about your guiding principles as a father sharpel
1: yeah sure Uh, that's a great spot to start our lady um my own mother um on earth, my month, my mother, Yvette, she had a devotion to our lady. and so I think I appreciated um, I appreciated the feminine first and my mother's um, dedication and and humility uh, and prayers she she loved our lady. she she would always pray to her and invoke her and tell us from such a young age. and I think they laid the foundations for us because we discovered our masculinity as well and and uh, as we grew up, I'm one of six boys, so we you know we Roughed it up uh, growing up, and we played footy, and you know we, we had a rough upbringing with school, and <laughs> but then um, my mother was always there, you know, and we knew we were loved by her, and and of course our lady. So we had this in us from such a young age, and I think that that played a, a very important role in my adult years and discerning, you know, discerning vocation. I think as men, it's important we know what our calling is. I, I'm very uh, passionate about discerning what God is calling you and once you find your calling then you will find freedom because that's what you were made for once once you answer that call I, I truly believe you're then living in God's will and and amazing things will happen and so I struggled a bit after high school when I came back I sort of fell away from the the faith a little bit and then came back but I came back super strong um, because I I guess I took for granted for so many years what I had from such a young age and you, you don't appreciate something until you lose it. And once I lost it and then I, I got it back, it was like, wow, what this has been here all the time. How can I turn my back on it? And and so right away when I fell in love, I started to fall in love with God and Jesus, his church, and then I wanted to radically serve him. And so it was a choice of marriage or priesthood. And so I strongly recommend any single man don't just assume it's always marriage. I think priesthood is also a valuable and a powerful vocation and, and f- at least give it a shot. You can. Someone said to me, you can try the seminary, but you can't try marriage. <laughs> so you can't just go and give marriage a try. <laughs> so it's important that you discern and discern well that the big V, vocation, are you called to um, being a father uh, in the church or a father of the domestic church in a, in a family home. And so once you get that nutted out and, and say, and we're going to address some of the men and dads here, once you know it's your calling, then it's a matter of following that call. And, and so I think that's the very first step for me is knowing what God wants from our lives.
0: Mm, Yeah, and that's we're in such a hurry, hurry world, and I feel like the U.S. has infected the world in that way, this hyper-productivity value that doesn't allow us to slow down just to listen to that that quiet voice in our souls and really discern. What helps you to do that?
1: Yeah, uh, making sure um, we do set aside time. um, uh, And sometimes, if you don't, because it's so busy, you've got to get up early. You've got to somehow... And to get up early, sometimes you've got to go to bed early. So, <laughs> so it's a knock, it's a it's a it's a it's a double double hit, double edged sword here. If you if you sleep late, you're gonna wake up late. And and so um, I remember I learned a lot of principles in the seminary and, and they they sort of flowed onto my into my marriage and, and and now as a family, and I use a lot of the discipline I learned in the seminary with the structured uh, prayer times. Um, the lights out, you know that concept. Getting up for the for morning prayer, um, and I always said when I was discerning, about two years in to the seminary, I, I, I was always drawn to marriage and wanting a family. And I thought, I do want to have a family and have children and and sort of run the operation as a as a mini monastery, if you like. Um, <laughs> sort of, I was drawn to prayer, and, and so if we if we sort of created times in the day to foster that that would be amazing. And, and so we have, and to be honest, thanks to COVID-19 this year, it's never been better. Our, our prayer life has been been stronger than it's ever been because we've got a, a structure and, and I'm not travelling um, as much in the ministry and so I am home, working from home and, and so we're able to sort of stick to the to the different uh, prayer times. And I would say getting up early is, is going to set you up And set your day. So get that quiet time before the kids wake up. And yeah, and of course I know what it's like. You know, you're going to have a young one that wakes up multiple times in the night. And so when you get to that morning, and sometimes it's only thirty minutes before you want to get up, and it's like, oh, I just want thirty more minutes. And then you sleep, and then you sleep past.
0: (laughs) You
1: wake up a mess. I get it. That's why it's important if you try to uh, get to bed early, and then you um, you also embrace it. So. You, you can't change the fact the kids are there they, the the children they just love you they want to be with you and they're not a hindrance they're not a distraction they are the purpose <laughs> so once you realise that you embrace them and so any interruption is not an interruption it's it's actually just them saying they love you they want they want to be with you to spend time with you and there's nothing wrong with that they've done absolutely nothing wrong to try to come over and hug mum and dad in bed you know what have they done wrong they they, they just want to be with you and so. Um, I think until I embraced that, um, and it um, it wasn't so long ago, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I was frustrated myself. You know, I just want to, you know, stick to a routine. but it's you've also got to be willing to be fluid enough to sort of w- go with the flow and and be ready. You're going to have those dirty. We call them nappies in Australia, <laughs> diapers. <laughs> we say nappies. <laughs> it's yeah, <so> interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, just to clarify but, yeah. our terminology here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know you 're going to have interruptions you 're going to have all this um, so if you can try get up it 's a sacrifice but once you once you get up day after day after day you will it becomes a habit and so then if you can beat those kids um, by getting up before them, uh, you can get your own time first with God and then you 're ready to to I guess, be a bit more joyful and at peace when they get up, and and it's quite beautiful.
0: Mm, Absolutely. There's that stillness that starts the day off so well, just letting the voice of God in through the silence and and taking a little time for Him. I also feel like, too, in my own life, when uh, we have someone, you know, my husband's mother who's going to be 98 in a few months, and a college kid, and a dog, and it's not seven children like you're dealing with but because I work from home there's lots of interruptions and there's lots of times when somebody needs me and um, I find that those tiny little deaths, those little deaths to self where you pause in what you're doing and refocus and really fully be present to another person, really feel God's presence and his pleasure in those little moments of self-gift when it's hard for us. And so I find that very cheering. I get little glimpses of his smile, I feel like, during the day, you know, if I can overcome my own selfishness for a moment.
1: That's beautiful. No, absolutely. It's it's being always open to to. God's grace throughout the day and he's working through people we are interacting with. Um, and so that's quite beautiful. You can um, notice that and uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's hard in a, We're very distracted today with our technology and so much noise that we miss so many things. And so it's important to sort of know what a phone is used for, for a phone, <laughs> uh, know what the, what a computer is used for and, and then know, and just monitor ourselves where, where we're wasting time and getting distracted from what's real and people around us and especially our loved ones.
0: And I love what you said about structure, like having a framework, um, there's so many little things that are kind of paradoxical pivot points for more freedom, you know, kind of doubling down on our routines can make us more free. How does your, your sense of fatherhood or your sense of vocation feed into your homeschool and the way it functions? I mean, and I know you have prayer times, what else?
1: I remember a priest told me once, uh, you need to, you know, in the seminary you would spend seven years to prepare for the priesthood and typically when you're preparing for marriage you sort of have a few sessions with a with priest and, and you, you jump in and basically, you know, you're learning from day one with your wife or your spouse uh, what it is to be a husband and then what it is to be a father. And so do we really take time to to, to reflect on that and I was blessed to be exposed to lots of great Bible scholars, theologians, um, through the likes of Scott Hahn and Father Mitch Pacwa, and all the you know those great, powerful speakers. I would consume a lot of the um, knowledge from them by listening to cassette tapes at the time, or CDs, and read books, and just know my what is the role of a father and and the image of a father in in. God the Father, and God is a Father, and how we men can participate in that. So once I sort of try to um, embrace that and then accept it and, and appreciate it, then I, I know there's a real responsibility um, that I need to lead from the front and, and be that leader uh, for my children. And so that, I guess, puts things in perspective for me. It's constantly referring back to the, the, um, the theology side of things, just because that's, I came back into my faith through knowledge and through the truth and learning it, and I it always helps me re- reconnect by understanding why I came back. And if it wasn't for my faith, I wouldn't have met my wife at church, and then I wouldn't have <laughs> um, appreciated what what life is and children and to have, be open to life and have seven children, and know that they're each a blessing. And once you embrace the church's teaching, it, it, it there's a certain freedom. Um, They're not a burden in any way. They're actually a blessing. And so once you you do that, everything is, you just notice everything around you and the whole framework changes, your whole mindset changes. um, And it's all about service, um, serving others and, you know, letting the kids, putting, letting them eat first, making sure that everyone is certain, is okay. Um, You know, if, if you go without a meal sometimes, you know, whatever sacrifices we have to do just to make sure that, Dad has always got it together. I guess with that, there's a bit of an underlying point there. You also want to let them know that you're human. So you're not (laughs) a robot, and you're not. You're not. uh, You know. Sometimes dads put so much pressure on themselves that we want to be invincible. We're Superman, and uh, we can't let our family see the soft side of us. But that's that's. It's important not to not to hide. Um, Don't don't live a double life. Be yourself, and when you do fail. Some, it's it's okay to apologize to your kids. <laughs> it's okay to say, "Look, I got it wrong. I'm I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll look out for it." And Once you do that, they they see how authentic you are and how honest you are, and then they know that they need to be honest and and um, to you as well. So, I, I see the children are always copying us. the they're, they're, they're like um, a mirror <laughs> image of us, and so whatever we do, they are they are copying, and so we've got to be careful that. What what? How are they seeing us? And so that that might sound like a lot of pressure, but once you once you just keep it in check. Yes, it's it's it. You've got to be on on track all the time. But but it's okay. I mean, once you embrace it, this is your family. It's these are not strangers. Um, if you're not always perfect, and but at least know that there is a responsibility. And and I think that helps me sort of lift my standards, but at the same time also be human as well to the to the children.
0: That's so powerful, because the courage to be vulnerable really helps us all. It helps us in our spiritual life. It helps us in our relationships within the family. And for little girls and little boys to see daddy, I mean, daddy and mom are gods up to a certain age, right? And then all of a sudden, they don't know so much, right? (laughs) But I know that feeling. But, um, but, But really just naturally are on a pedestal for quite a lot of childhood. And so for for the father who has that special kind of power in the home to lead, to prepare children for the outside world and to demonstrate faith in a way that as a mom, I recognize, I mean, even statistically, this is borne out that when fathers practice their faith, something like 78% of children will grow up practice their own but it's only about 20 something percent if it's just the mom and why is that because god intended there to be a kind of spiritual leadership there that servant leader's heart that bows before god that the strong man with his particular beauty and strength before the lord is humble enough to come to the throne of the lord um recognizing that he's broken and but also Trusting in God to make His leadership bear fruit, and so that beautiful humility is just speaks volumes to children. And uh, so, thank you, thank you for expressing that so beautifully. I think we need to hear that as often as possible.
1: No problem. Yeah, it's not easy, but you've got to just embrace <laughs> it. And uh, um, and yes, uh, you we we can't think of it like the world thinks, and that's uh, I'm happy as those questions come on. I'll happy to. To, to unpack what i mean by that
0: oh sure well um anytime you want to jump in if you found a little golden thread please go <laughs> right ahead and tug on it um i was going to just start to connect how your ministry is integrated into your family life but wherever wherever that takes you at this point we we'd like to go with you
1: <laughs> well i i think the ministry as well um the idea of it is, is it's its counter how do we bring christ to the culture um and so that flows in. The, the ministry isn't, for me, a job. It's an apostolate, and it, it's it's participating in the mission of the church. How do we bring people closer to the church, and how do we invite them in? Um, and we do that by whatever means available to us. The internet is one, and and due to COVID-19, we've got all these speakers locked down in their homes. We've got all these um, families at home. And so the internet has become a very important uh, means to, to communicate. And, and, you know, I think I've done more Zoom meetings in the last four months than, than my whole entire life. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it's been amazing. We embrace the technology and, and use that. Um, and so but we've got to constantly give a positive message of what the church teaches. You know, I've said m- multiple times um, to, to the people um, that follow us that if, if we don't tell the world, what the church teaches, then the world will tell the world what the church teaches. And so when the world tells the world what the church teaches, it's very negative, it's very skewed, it's very much mis- misinterpreted. And, and so then if we're silent about it, then we can't blame them because they don't, you know, you're going to get judged on what you know, and if they don't know, it's not their fault. And so it's up to us to inform them. <laughs> and so before we complain about about things not happening in our church, we need to be first to say, "Look, I am part of the church as much as anyone else. What can I do in my little corner of the world, as part of the body of Christ?" Am I, as Saint Paul says, am I, is my, am I the eyes? Am I the ears? Am I the mouth? Am I the hands? Am I the feet? Find your role, and then, and then you can really have an impact because every little bit counts. Now, I apply that through with the family, so that the children know that um, the ministry or the apostolate is actually part of of, of our life. And so that my wife, I couldn't do this without my wife. Yes. She's busy homeschooling for she's, you know, she does 90% of the homeschooling in that, you know, with, as far as curriculum goes. And, but at the same time, she's also um, embraced the, the, the apostolate and she's on it. I can't do this without her and the children, you know, they're now getting old enough to realize, okay, they see dad on, on, on these zoom calls and well, they seem, uh, you know, doing these interviews and things and, you know, they 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 feel like they're part of something bigger that's beyond them, and and uh, they don't they don't they're not missing out on anything um, because we we tell them what they need to know at the right time. And I think, as far as the world goes, we can't let the world just tell us how to live, um, because remember, once you detach from God and His Church, then there's no direction, there's no foundation, and so I think we need to be countercultural. Let's go back to the the roots of what the Church teaches. And it's okay if we're different. And I, I remember, what, was it not that long ago when people thought, and the world even teaches this, when I say the world, I'm talking about what you see on the media, be yourself, do what you want to do, be what you want to be, don't let anyone dictate. Now they're referring to, you know, authorities like government and, and, and big church. But if we flip it around right now, I think people are not being themselves because we, it feels like we are being dictated and, um, and if anything, if you say, okay, I want to live my Catholic faith, I do want to go to Mass every day. I do believe in, this, in this, these sacraments. I always flip it around, that, that message that the world gives, and say, yes, absolutely, I do want to be myself, and I'm a child of God, and I want to live my Catholic faith freely. Thank you very much. You said it, and I'm agreeing with you. So the idea is um, I want the children to know that, you know, mum and dad are living to a high ideal and that we were not made just for this world. We're made for the next. And, and having heaven in mind constantly, I think, puts everything in perspective and uh, you can get through anything. <laughs> um, once, you, once you remember that, no matter what disaster comes your way, if you can remember the end in mind, I think that gives us a, a sense of freedom and peace.
0: With all of the pressures of running such a big worldwide apostolate how do you manage that balance so that the family isn't overcome by the ministry you know by the outreach
1: great question that's why it is um it is it is help with my wife and i but as well i have a team behind me so um learning now thanks be to god as it, as the ministry has been growing we've getting more help so you know there's about 8 people on staff now and and so I check in in the mornings and I and I don't have to be sort of in the office nine to five. Um, I can actually, you know, sort of start my, I'm very flexible. What, what comes with flexibility is also some crazy hours too. So sometimes you've got to work outside of that nine to five, which means it could be after the kids go to sleep. It could be early morning before they wake up. It could be different crazy times especially with Australia and and USA, a lot of our uh, meetings and things are always in the early hours of the morning or the late hours of the night to try and get the time zones (laughs) married up. Mm -hmm. But uh, the kids know, especially now working from home, I make sure that we can stop for meals together. And now thanks to the lockdown, uh, I think uh, my wife and I are even having some time. So we even stop and go for a bit of a walk together and, and, and uh, that's because I'm here. But when things open up and I'm traveling, I'm always checking in. And, and of course, have some sort of rule. Don't be out for days on end. Uh, there's once every two years I might have a trip to America that might take a week, a week and a half, and that's a big trip. But that's, you know, there was a time I sort of did a little bit too much there a few years ago, and I realized when my wife was heavily pregnant and one of our children broke their leg and she had to help carry him around. And I said, that's it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be away from home for, for more than, you know, needed to be. So if absolutely necessary, I'll go. Otherwise, someone on staff can go, one of the single <laughs> staff members. But uh, trying my best to be present with the family and plugged in. But, of course, a time and place for everything. So um, it is important to set time aside but checking um, with the family as well.
0: I'm really hearing some important things here which one is which that God has really blessed what you're doing has made it bear fruit it's really spread your connections across the globe are have to be tended that's a lot a big responsibility but there your wife was having to carry a child around and and you shifted, you know, you you took a different approach. You you, ha- I'm sure you had to move some things around. I'm sure that that was difficult, um, but that's what was needed. And so I think we have to trust sometimes, right? That God is going to bless our doing the right thing, not necessarily the thing that seems expedient to the growth of the ministry or that next promotion or whatever it is. We can get very caught up, and even our work for God is can be in peril, as far as being kind of a rat race thing for us instead of keeping our eyes on heaven in the in the course of your day as a father and this may be a strange way to ask this question but it's all, all that's coming to mind is how do you keep your family focused on heaven like what is that tone that's set
1: yeah sure i, I think it's it's important that it's it's sort of fused into our language i have to share this one thing i learned i've seen the culture so remember I'm a Maronite Catholic. So, in my mother was from Lebanon. My father's from Colombia. If you go to Colombia, it's not so common to, to be saying, I mean, of course, there's, there's Catholic feast days still right now and they have public holidays and it's great. But it's not as common as, say, Lebanon or the Middle East where you're constantly mentioning God on your tongue. So, I'll see you tomorrow if it's God will. If it's God's will, this is everyone in the street. Glory to God. And people will respond. Always to God, they might say, um, "Praise be to Allah." Now, Allah is not an a Islamic thing; that's a, this, it's just an Arabic word for God, and uh-huh. people can say that. God be with you. That's another greeting. And so what's happening is, it's it's just fused into the, the language, and that's from Lebanon. Now we're going to lose that. Those the middle those who've come from these countries in America and Australia now that second and third generation, we are sort of losing that and and sort of hiding that. And I'm thinking. We've got to embrace this again and bring it back, Christianize the culture by bringing in God's word into it all the time. Yes, I'll see you tomorrow if it's God's will and, and be open because we don't know if we're going to live tomorrow. So this constantly bringing in that aspect of life is precious and God is in control and it's, it's just fused in, in everything. Um, and, of course, grace before meals, having formal prayer as well as informal prayer just lots of times throughout the day. And I do love all the different, um, as far as homeschooling is concerned, all the curriculum, the books, the classes, I just love how the faith is infused in all the subject areas. So science and English and, and geography, they're not just, religion doesn't become a subject on its own. It's actually fused throughout the whole schooling. And so, so I think that's important. And as homeschoolers, you have a lot more flexibility and freedom to do that. And I think that's, what, that's one of the things I love about homeschooling is you are in charge and you can then bring the faith, you as the prime educators of your children, we can bring and introduce to the children what is best for them. And and I think keeping heaven in mind all the time, so how do we recreate, what music are we listening to, what movies are we watching, all those things are important. So my wife, she, she's actually much, much better than me. but She has that antenna when we're watching something, say, well, look, this is, pause it there, cut that out. She'll proof, she'll re- watch things beforehand before letting the children watch it. She'll know what bits are no good to watch. It. Even sometimes sometimes you're watching movies that are based on the faith and there's certain, certain things that it's like, okay, the young kids are not ready to hear that. So you've just got to monitor what we're, what we're sharing with our children. And so it is a lot of work, but my wife, it is teamwork. So we're always having our our... Our regular catch-ups and, and i can't stress that enough it's important to communicate husband and wife and make sure you're on the same page the moment uh the children know that there is some sort of division they're going to take full advantage of that so you, you're on the same page and even if you disagree i think it's important that you are a team and you can later discuss it privately so i, I think um we have to be have a united front Mom and dad love each other and they're trying to bring what's best for the children because we want to get to heaven and we want to bring them to heaven as well. So we want to do both.
0: Amen and amen. I know you have to get to another meeting, Charbel. So I want to let you go, but everybody please check out www.perusiamedia.com and look for that pilgrimage. I'm going to put the direct link in the show notes and Perusia is P-A-R-O-U. S-I-A, and then it's media, dot com, And again, it's in the show notes. Charbel, can't thank you enough. God bless your day. And thank you for being with us at this early hour. And God bless your family.
1: My pleasure. I look forward to um, yeah coming on again sometime down the track. And um, thank you very much for all your listeners. And please keep us in the prayers. And we'll be praying for all of you as well.
0: Yes, we'll have you back on very soon. Thank you. And God bless you all. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com, where you can get online courses for your grade school, middle school, and high school student. Learn from the experts and make your homeschooling easier. Be sure to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. And we'll see you next time here on the Homeschooling Saints podcast.